0: You've joined us on journeys to the inside of volcanoes, to the deepest depths of the ocean, and to outer space. Help keep the adventure going with a tax-deductible year-end gift to Brains On. Make your contribution today at BrainsOn.org slash donate. You're listening to Brains On from NPR News and Southern California Public Radio. I'm Molly Bloom. We're serious about being curious. And actually, we're going to start with a mystery sound of sorts— What does this sound mean to you? (laughs) If you guessed cuteness, you're absolutely right. That is me and my colleague John Collins looking at cute pictures of puppies. They're so cute little puppies. And we need to thank these listeners for writing in with a question that allowed us to look at really cute pictures on the internet all week. Totally as research, by the way. Hi, my name is Samuel. And my name is Adrian and we are from Juan Diaz Puerto Rico and our question is why do people find cute things cute excellent question Samuel and Adrian we all know cute things when we see them but why do we react to a baby that way hey hey and not a grown up goo goo gaga or a kitten but not a flower The answer seems to be in evolutionary biology. That's psychologist Dr. Sandra Pimentel. And she explained that the reason we find some things cute and not others is hardwired into us.
1: So if we think about evolution, right, um, sort of our goal as a species, as humans, is to survive and to sort of pass on our genes.
0: And the way we pass on our genes is by having babies. But you may have noticed that babies can't do much on their own. They need us to take care of them and keep them alive. That's where the cuteness comes in.
1: By finding things cute, we're more likely to want to take care of them and protect them. They're more likely to look vulnerable and kind of, you know, remind us, like, hey, take care of me. (laughs) I'm helpless here.
0: So it is no surprise, then, that the features that we humans think of as cute are the features that babies have. These features were dubbed kinshinshema by the psychologist who first studied them. These features are big head relative to body size, larger forehead, large eyes, Round cheeks, small chin, and a small nose. In other words, a baby face. And these features appear in baby animals too, like puppies, kittens, bunnies, all elicit this sound. Aww. So how does our brain make us like looking at cute things? It rewards us with a chemical called dopamine. That can make us feel intensely happy.
1: There's a study that had people looking at cute pictures, and what they found is that when people are looking at these cute pictures, their brain releases dopamine, and that's the same neurochemical brain chemical that gets released when we have you know something that we really enjoy eating And that happens when we see cute pictures, too. So our brain is sort of sending this message that, yeah, this feels good. This is pleasing. You know, keep at it. Keep looking at these cute things.
0: Sandra said there are other studies that show our brains want to give cute things extra attention over non-cute things.
1: So if we see something that's cute, we're more likely to sort of focus on it. So, again, our brain makes us sort of pay attention to these cute features.
0: Since our brains like cute things so much, it makes sense that these characteristically cute features, these kinshinshema, show up in pop culture a lot, too. We see this stuff all the time. Think about Mickey Mouse or Hello Kitty. Both have rounded features, big heads, and are pretty darn cute. Okay, fellers. The Japanese word for cute is kawaii. It is everywhere. Kawaii has inundated Japanese culture. I talked to Ryuta Nakajima. He's an artist who currently lives in Duluth, Minnesota, and is originally from Japan. He told me that kawaii characters have the same traits we've been talking about. Big head, big eyes, little nose, rounded features. It really started to take off after World War II, but Ryuta sees it going back even farther than that.
2: The tradition of this Japanese cute thing probably go back way back to this scroll of uh, a rabbit and a frog uh, doing sumo wrestling. So I think there's a sort of a longing and desire for something that funny and cute, and that will allow you to forget about the hardship in life.
0: Many companies have kawaii mascots, as do cities and regions. There are kawaii versions of eggs, towers, flowers, and the famous poop emoji. That's kawaii, too.
2: Anything can be turned into kawaii. That's the amazing thing about it.
0: Some of the best-known kawaii characters are from Sanrio, like Hello Kitty. And then there is...
2: Every single Pokemon character has a kawaii quality built into it. That is a lot, at least 50-some years of uh, Japanese anime in engineering. It's not an accident those characters look so desirable, why Pikachu looks so
0: desirable. Pika, Pika! Pikachu! Think about that. Pokemon are engineered by top-notch talent just to make you go, oh. And because cute things demand our attention, these cute things are often used as a marketing tool to sell us stuff.
1: There's a ton of psychology in marketing, right? We know this. And so these things are usually not by accident. And what's going to make things more likely for people to buy them, whether with money or buy them with their time?
0: So companies might use cute characters to market their products or make the products cuter themselves. So cute can also be cunning when used as a marketing strategy. Remember this sound from earlier? (laughs) We're going to explain why we make that particular sound when we see something cute in just a bit. But first, we have another sound for you. It's time for the mystery mystery sound. Here it is. Any guesses? We'll be back with the answer later in the show. Do you have a mystery sound you'd like to share with us? A question you want answered on the show? Or maybe you just want to send us a drawing of something really cute. Or a high five. You can email us anytime at BrainsOn at M, as in Minnesota, pr. Org. Now's the time in the show when we send high fives to all the kids who fuel this show with their creativity and energy. If you've written to us, we will get to you, we promise. But we're hearing from so many of you that there's a bit of a wait. So thank you for your patience. Sophia, Carlo, and Vivian from Boston, Hudson from Indianapolis, Vince and Edie from Amman Jordan, Eli from Philadelphia, Molly and Fiona from Denver, Kate from San Francisco, Luke and Lena from Dobbs Ferry, New York, Kennedy from Hamburg, New York, Isabella and Sophia from Petoskey, Michigan, Luke from Portsmouth, New Hampshire, Mia from Orange, Australia, Nathan from Fort Collins, Colorado, Gus and June from Hanover, New Hampshire, Lily from Cincinnati, Adam and Emmett from St. Peter's, Missouri, Carson from Pennsylvania, Charlie and Madison from Campbell, California, Zoe from Fullerton, California, Sage and Max from Taipei, Taiwan, Orly from Portland. Maine, Santiago from Tampico, Mexico, Anna from Watertown, Massachusetts, Elliot from Buckhannon, West Virginia, Jackson and Sydney from Winchester, Massachusetts, Asher from Irving, Texas, Sonia from Sunnyvale, California, Liliana from Westland, Oregon, Titus from Severville, Tennessee, Juliet from Roseville, California, Sasha and Ezra from Pittsburgh, Abigail and Eli from Yarmouth, Maine, and Sebastian and Augustine from Senegal. get back to that mystery sound. Let's hear it again. I'm getting hungry. Here's the answer. Hello, my name is Wyatt, and the sound you just heard was the sound of me popping popcorn with my dad and my sister, Lila, and we live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Brains on. Now I have something else I want you to help me with. I want you to think of the cutest puppy or kitten or baby that you've ever seen. Now what sound do you want to make when you think of that cuteness? Is it more of an, oh, like we've been talking about? Or is it something like, oh, I just want to eat you up. I want to take a bite of you. You're so cute. Those are both totally normal reactions to cuteness. But why? Why do we go, ah or want to bite cute things? What is that about? Dr. Oriana Aragon from Clemson University wondered the same thing.
2: I was watching late-night television. And there was an actress on there, and she was talking about this really cute puppy that she saw. I don't know. Yes. I just want to squeeze something. Okay. <laughs> just... And she was gritting her teeth and clenching her hands into fists and making, like, snarling faces when she was talking about the cute puppy. And I thought, wow, that's really interesting. If you looked at that on the surface, it doesn't look like something you would show on your face when looking at something cute and I talked with um, my dad about it on the phone and he said well but you got to think about you know grandmas and grandpas will pinch a baby's cheeks too and say oh you're so cute I want to eat you up and I thought wow you know you're right that that's different and uh, I'm a researcher a psychologist by training and I study emotions and how people express emotions and so when I saw that and it really occurred to me that it it seemed sort of an odd reaction, I decided that that was something that I was going to study.
0: And this cute aggression, the desire to bite, squeeze, or eat something because it is so cute, is a common emotion. There are phrases to describe this feeling in all sorts of different languages. French. Greek. Polish. Vietnamese. Italian. ...Czech... ...Muchlat... ...Dutch... ...Hij is om op te eten... ...and finally... ...Gigil... ...that last one is Tagalog, the language spoken in the Philippines. It's a phrase that means the gritting of teeth and the urge to pinch or squeeze something that is unbearably cute. It's one of those excellent words that says in one what takes us many to say in English. So even though you might say, you're so cute I could eat you up, and you might grit your teeth and clench your fists, you're not actually feeling aggression... You're just expressing it. This is called dimorphous expression, when you're expressing something different than what you're feeling. The same thing, dimorphous expression, is happening when you cry when you're happy or laugh when you're nervous. The same thing is also happening when you make this sound.
2: And it comes with a pronounced frown, actually like a sad face. And it's another dimorphous expression.
0: So when you see something cute, you're filled with positive feelings, but they can come out looking like aggression or sadness.
2: Let's say a tennis athlete scores a victorious point on the court. They might clench their fist and make a growling, snarling face and go, yeah, and express aggression for that happiness. Or they might crumple down and start crying if it's the end of the match and just release and, and you'll see tears of joy.
0: Again dimorphous expression. So why does this dimorphous expression happen? Why can't we just smile and look happy when we're happy?
2: We have some indication that when people do express this way, that they come down from that really strong emotion a little better. Um, So it seems like it might help to regulate emotion, meaning help people to control their emotions.
0: So it's possible these dimorphous expressions help us deal with overwhelming emotions. But there's still more research to be done. Oriana can say that people who have dimorphous expressions recover more quickly from extreme emotions, but she can't say if the dimorphous expression is the cause of the quick recovery or if people who do that just happen to recover faster anyway. Oriana is excited to keep researching these reactions, these dimorphous expressions, to understand them more.
2: As a psychologist, I think about all sides, right? So I wonder also, what is that baby thinking because they encounter these little snarling faces <laughs> of people looking at them who think they're adorable, and babies are soaking up information. I wonder if, in some way, it gives babies an idea that those faces can come about in a playful way. I wonder if it educates babies in any way about emotion expression. You know these are things that still have to be tested, but there are a lot of questions. These are new, new ideas, so it's, there's a lot of questions out there.
0: So next time you go aw, or want to nibble on a baby's cheeks or cry at a wedding or laugh when you're nervous, know that you're dimorphously expressing yourself, expressing a different emotion than you're actually feeling. That's it for this episode of Brains On. If you want to send us a drawing of something super cute, you can email it to us at brainson at misinminnesotapr.org. You can also find our mailing address at our website, brainson.org. Many thanks to Jen Ehrlich, Tom Van Dyke, Nancy Wynn, Now Wynn, Daniela Roveda, Catherine Reggio, Chrissy Pease, Jeanette Baker, Julia Makayova, Yana Rezabkova, Nefeli Neyamanataki, and Lulu and Andy Doucette. Thanks for listening!